Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. No one is funnier than you. People laugh just thinking about the things you've said. <laughs> I'm laughing at one of them right now. Coworkers repeat your jokes at the office, but they're never as good as when you tell them and shame on them for trying. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you could save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. <laughs> Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast and my name is Mithila. And my name is Kunal. Hi guys, it's good to be back. We almost had a race this weekend, so we said why not let's at least have a podcast this weekend, you know. Yeah, guys, the mood is pretty sober all around the world. And I don't just mean the world of Formula 1. And uh, speaking of Formula 1, we now know that Australia, Bahrain and Vietnam the races are not going ahead as scheduled and the FIA and Formula 1 don't seem to be on the same page about when Formula 1 could actually begin in 2020 the FIA said you know the 1st of May and Formula 1 said end of May so i guess it's just about exchanging a few emails <laughs> they're just testing our patience now but <laughs> guys in case y'all are wondering in case y'all are concerned about our safety we have taken all precautions before recording this up episode of ours so hand sanitizing and all of that yes and including the microphones being sanitized yes you know? and this is our ninth episode of the season kunal under pretty extraordinary circumstances yes and you know when we say microphones i just remembered when chase carey and whoever else from fia and the australian grand prix held that impromptu standing conference they were actually sharing microphones Ooh. and i was like wow that's not the statement <laughs> did they learn out. nothing from the nba <laughs> yeah but you know I, i must be honest i am just so pissed at what liberty media and the fia have brought formula 1 to because i'm actually very pissed on how we actually got where we are today you know and uh, mind you i'm not talking about uh, you know the three cancelled races you know it's the manner in which we ended up cancelling them after literally putting a few thousand people at risk and a few thousand at the very minimum i think yeah and guys in case you're wondering this whole uh, i would say situation was one of the reasons why we didn't record our podcast the last few days yeah so when we first sat down to record you know the news of the haas and the mclaren uh, members being infected that had just come out so we thought okay let's wait let's see what happens and then the mclaren team member actually tested positive for coronavirus yeah i mean hats off to mclaren for pulling out when they did because they did what i believe was absolutely right yeah i agree but wait wait let me just finish this timeline and then after mclaren tested positive there were like all these rumors it was crazy that the race was cancelled and we were all just waiting right for an official confirmation hitting refresh again and again and again <laughs> and five yeah That's and i think I after like 12 hours of waiting formula 1 officially announced that the race had been called off yes. and uh, guys after that i still had to wait till kunal's head cooled off <laughs> Which yeah, for, was some yeah, more time. For, for once, she's true. I must say. I mean, for once. Yeah. For, <laughs> <laughs> I am still disappointed. You know, it was. I, I immediately went like, "Wow!" You know, for a sport that is built on making you know timely strategic calls to sort of stay ahead of the competition, and I think 
Formula One got everything wrong around the 2020 Australian Grand Prix. Everything that they possibly could get wrong went wrong. And it just started right from decision making from, uh, you know, the week before by Liberty Media. And, you know, I was literally thinking that maybe Liberty Media's decisions around the (laughs) Australian Grand Prix were worse than Ferrari's race strategy decision that is true unfortunately that is true and you know Kunal if you ask me frankly I think that the teams should not have left their bases and their countries in the first place you know that would have been like the smartest strategy to just anticipate that all of this could happen yeah that's what Mercedes would have done if they were running Formula 1 yeah exactly even Red Bull they would have uh, undercut coronavirus And I think this would have been one of those rare times when humanity just needed to win over capitalism. Alas, that's not exactly what happened. How prophetic. Yes, and uh, it was not confirmed finally. But apparently, Kimi Raikkonen and Sebastian Vettel actually left Melbourne before everyone else. Yeah, I mean... Not surprised. I'm not surprised. No, it's understandable. I mean, they're already world champions and they're like senior drivers. And they have families. Like, they don't need to prove themselves. Well, and for Kimi Raikkonen, you know, he keeps saying Formula 1 is a hobby and why on earth would anyone risk their life over a simple hobby? That's what I would wonder. (laughs) But, uh, you know, yes, Formula 1 otherwise is risky, but I'm sure you guys get my drift. And I am not done discussing the journey to the cancellation of the Australian Grand Prix, I must say. So I'm going to keep going back to that because it's uh, been interesting. It's been embarrassing and it's been very concerning, you know, the way the decision making took place. Yeah, Kunal, I knew you were going to go back and keep discussing this uh, whole Australian Grand Prix saga. And uh, guys, listeners, I mean, I tried. I really tried. I (laughs) promise you all, you all can listen to everything that's been going on in the past minute. But yes, Kunal is going to have his way and continue discussing. Yeah, none of your decoys are going to work, right? So <laughs> here it goes. And I, I, I hope it doesn't turn into a monologue, right? But I'm just going to speak what's on my mind. Go for it. Yeah. So uh, in my view, Liberty Media's attitude towards the Australian Grand Prix, you know, can be described in three stages. First, they were very Bernie Ecclestone-like, you know, when they decided to go and see what happens. And there was a fair bit of stubbornness and ego involved in that decision, you know. Uh, along with a lot of other uh, hope in mind, I would say. Yeah, and it almost felt like at that point, uh, it, they were looking at it as a problem that money could solve. That, you know, if things go ahead, great. If not, if Corona gets too bad, we all just fly back. And send the freight back. And yeah. It's just flight tickets, right? Anyway, <laughs> but the second stage to me was non-Bernie Ecclestone-like, right? And this was the stage that Formula One hit, uh, you know, in the 12 hours, the... After McLaren decided to pull out and Formula One was still waiting to make a decision, right? And suddenly I feel like, you know, just the way we've been hearing about how there are stages to the coronavirus, <laughs> and you know, how it spreads. This is the stages. These are the stages that Liberty Media sort of hit after coronavirus hit Formula One, right? So to me, in those 12 hours, you know, uh, that the wait between McLaren's pullout and Formula One deciding to cancel were probably the worst uh, you know, since Liberty Media became owners of Formula One, they were indecisive. They let the Australian Grand Prix Corporation, in my view, uh, you know, who, who they kept referring to as partners, they let the Australian Grand Prix Corporation take advantage of the brand, uh, you know, uh, of Formula One. 
uh, in a way that the aftertaste was bitter, sour, and I would say full of disappointment. And you know what's even worse is that the fans were not informed in time. I mean, they just landed up, the gates weren't open, and they had no idea what was going on. And you know, all they needed to do was announce the night before or the early hours of Friday before people got into crowded trams and buses and trains. Exactly. You know, not to get to the science. race. Yeah. And it's it's really sad because, you know, I think thousands of these fans just risk being carriers themselves or just being infected. And this was all only thanks to Formula One's indecision. You know, absolutely. Like there was no care for humankind whatsoever in, in those 12 hours, right? And I'm guessing now you guys will agree uh, why I have been so pissed and I've been wanting to record and, you know, go on with this. But, uh, you know, my point being that Bernie Ecclestone wouldn't have let a partner abuse the brand and goodwill of Formula One. And that's what happened in those 12 hours. And that's something Bernie would definitely have not allowed. Right? No but, way. Yeah. But now I'll go to the third and final stage that was in uh, Liberty Media's decision making process. And this was when there was extreme naivety that got exposed, right? So Chase Carey overused the word fluidity in his media address to explain why they couldn't, you know, decide to cancel the race earlier. When yeah. in truth, it was probably something else and uh, reasons that we all knew, you know, otherwise, but they didn't state so. Fluidity is such corporate jargon, huh? It's also a Formula One jargon. Yeah, right? it's just like jargon. Air is, air is fluid and then... So are you know, we. <laughs> And, and cars are built to, you know, beat air or work around air and fluidity and all of that. But yeah, but I'm drinking just game. That's what I tweeted. You drinking know. game, yeah. Watch the video and have a shot each time the word fluidity comes up. Thank you, guys. <laughs> or you can thank me later. Did you ask them to drink some Corona? <laughs> Bad one. Sorry, guys. I apologize. It's Heineken. That's anyway, sponsor. thankfully, Kunal, Formula One has taken early decisions for Bahrain and Vietnam. And in fact, I think this is really where Formula One could learn from the other not-so-premier uh, motorsport series like Formula E and NASCAR and IndyCar and even MotoGP. Your favorite. Yeah, because these uh, all these guys took early calls to work their schedules around the coronavirus. And, uh, and, and, you know, in hindsight, at that time, everyone thought they were overreacting and they were being stupid. But guess what? Guess who's smarter now? You know, it's yeah. like... Uh, you know, the guys who are stocking up food as we as as they hear this episode, probably they are the smarter ones. And it's just I'm that gonna I'm gonna get into your stock though. So please bring <laughs> stuff for me. It just is that none of these other series suffered the kind of embarrassment uh, that Formula One did in Australia. And I mean, Formula One is like the pinnacle of motorsport, so they cannot be doing these things. Not in decision making. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's the pinnacle of motorsport in technology and talent and racing and the fastest cars, but those 12 hours, they were exposed and how, you know? True. Okay, I must admit that there are legal ramifications to cancelling races and so on. Uh, and maybe we should discuss some of uh, those cases in this episode. Yeah, I think the first point we should discuss is why no other team joined McLaren in pulling out of the race. Yes, and in fact, it would be good to understand why McLaren could actually pull out you know, despite uh, the chances of them being financially penalized for doing so. It's it's an interesting situation they were in, you know. And I think also there's merit in discussing the structure of contracts per se and how uh, the, the key word being force majeure, which we've, you know, we've pretty much had every team official statement have yeah, those words. We've been hearing that word again and yeah, again. And it was force majeure that probably prevented an early decision. Yeah, and Kunal, you know, I think since this episode is going to be a very serious one and we're going to spend a lot of our time just lashing out at the powers that control the sport for not taking the right decision, 
Uh, there's a funny real-life analogy, uh, you know, that this situation is a lot like. So Liberty Media was acting like all of us, like we do when we're wanting to cancel a flight booking, but if we cancel the booking, we lose our money. Uh, but if the airline cancels the booking, on the other hand, we get a full refund. So Bravo. we're basically just <laughs> waiting and wondering who's going to blink first, us or the airline. Wow. So, well, yeah. okay. Yes. I'm told that the Australian Grand Prix situation was a similar, if not an exact situation. That's an interesting analogy. Thank you. I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that would be the case. So if Liberty Media cancelled the, the race, you know, I'm sure they would lose the hosting fees. Plus, they would you know, required to compensate the Australian Grand Prix Corporation for the costs, uh, you know, incurred towards preparing for the race. And, you know, I actually heard Ross Brown's interview after the whole cancellation thing. And it was quite telling because he kept referring to it as, oh, the teams would lose money if they didn't race. And that was true, of course, but that's also where he played the sympathy card. Uh, The truth is that Liberty Media and the teams, they would have both lost money and not just the teams alone, but he conveniently skipped that. Yeah, and, and you know, if the Australian Grand Prix would have cancelled themselves, okay, they would have lost their race hosting fee plus the sunk costs for preparing for the race and so on, right? And then, of course, there's the FI, the stakeholder. I don't know why they didn't issue a call as the governing body, knowing fully well that the paddock personnel were at risk. But I'm sure, you know, I mean, they've given away the commercial rights to Formula One. So beyond a point... Uh, they have to sort of wait on the commercial rights holder to make a decision before they do, you know. Yeah, this reminds me of this classic uh, management quote. You know, responsibility falling between two or in this case, three different stools. (laughs) And uh, also, Kunal, I am of the opinion that, you know, the whole timing of the cancellation of the Grand Prix, it also had to do with some force majeure causes, clauses, as we've been talking, and uh, more importantly, when they were revoked with regards to the Grand Prix. That's interesting. Yeah. So so wait, let me explain. So what I mean is that by cancelling early, maybe they wouldn't have recovered the full insurance or something to that effect. You know, it seems like you've got a point. And I guess that's where there could probably be a clue, you know, the timing of the cancellation announcement. And uh, what puzzles me is how Formula One didn't anticipate such a scenario coming up. And, uh, you know, like in all of this, I'm just wondering if they were just riding on pure hope and luck to make the Australian Grand Prix happen. And that itself just sounds crazier than all of it. You know, it It just is like, wow, how could they not anticipate, you know, all those predictive models that people run for pit stops uh, and even for the coronavirus, everyone's been working on those predictive models, right? And Formula One didn't anticipate this. I don't I don't believe it. But anyway, you know, the other big question in my mind is why no other team joined McLaren in pulling out of the race? And That's I, interesting, Yeah, right? I think that also had something to do with contracts and the force majeure clause. I mean, I assume that McLaren would have been pardoned because... Uh, you know, they actually had a confirmed risk to the entire team and hence they wouldn't have had to probably... uh... Yeah, so our hearts goes out to the McLaren team and the infected team member. We hope that everything is fine. You know, they're going to be in quarantine for the next 14 days. Uh, Thankfully, the results of the, you know, tests on the Haas F1 team members, they came as negative. So that's, you know, way out of the... That's that's out of the way, at least, thankfully. And... uh, I must say about McLaren, you've seemed to, you know, have got a valid point. Like uh, maybe no other team had a valid reason to pull out like McLaren did. A valid financial reason. Yeah, and and uh, probably because none of their staff had been infected 
just at yet. that time yes. yeah exactly that's the crucial part at that time yes at that time so i guess you know the other teams couldn't you know join mclaren in pulling out because of the lack of a valid reason or the lack of a confirmed case of infection to put it very crudely so hey do you have an infected team member if not you continue racing but if you have an infected team member maybe you can pull out sounds really It's crazy and you know when i hear us speaking like capitalism. this capitalism yeah i just realize how capitalism makes it so difficult for us to exist even in times of like humanitarian crisis you know like of course there is a risk that it's a global pandemic and that's how large the risk is but you know what you can't pull out of racing without a penalty uh, till you don't have someone infected <laughs> yeah and and fans who cares <laughs> yeah well that's nearly 15 18 odd minutes of talking about the impact of the corona virus on formula 1 more like venting <laughs> yeah and how liberty media failed the sport but guys we will not fail you it's you know the the 2020 f1 season was to be the longest season in the history of formula 1 it's gone on to become the longest off season in the history of formula 1 and we will keep you entertained all through uh you know this long off season we promise you that that is a promise guys and kunal you know before we move on there was this very cool quote from zack brown and uh, he said this right after mclaren pulled out of the race in australia so he said that as a racer pulling out was the most difficult decision that i ever had to take but as a ceo it was the easiest decision to take Ever. Yeah, it's that's a smart one, it right? Zac Brown is showing his smartness on track and on the mic, I'd say, with McLaren. But there was one more quote which actually made the news, and I'm sure each and every one of you guys have heard of it. It was it was from Lewis Hamilton: "Cash is king." And that was, was pretty catchy, yeah. Yeah, and maybe you know, he should have a song with that as like the title. Maybe we should have a T-shirt with that. Cash you know, is cash king. Cash is king. Cash is king. But uh, also very typical of Lewis Hamilton to rightfully question the establishment, like he would keep doing so time and again. But uh, Max Verstappen, you know, his on and off track strategy is to do the exact opposite of what Lewis Hamilton does. So after Hamilton. questioned why the race was going ahead and so on max verstappen actually said that it was a wise decision to race despite the situation being a difficult one and guys i'm not uh, i'm not saying i heard this i'm actually reading it because i wrote it down to make sure i don't get it right that's what max verstappen said true and uh, there were unconfirmed reports of course uh, that said that a few teams were actually ready to go racing uh, it's just that ferrari mercedes and renault didn't show up on friday morning And again Kunal I wonder if this has anything to do with the fact that these teams they're all global car manufacturers and you know their parent companies have these health and safety guidelines to follow Bullseye I mean that's that's another interesting angle that uh you know we should follow when we try and you know attend one of the media press conferences right we because shall. I'm sure after a point it's not just Mercedes F1 team it's what Mercedes does globally as a car manufacturer right Certainly, I just feel like this investigative crime reporter doing, uh, you know, a crime thriller podcast instead of a motorsport. <laughs> It increasingly feels like that. So, so let's move on. Actually, what else do we have to talk about? Well, uh, the coronavirus has forced millions of us to work from home, and I guess uh, 
Uh, a few Formula One drivers are also going to be doing the same thing, basically working or racing from home in this case. And uh, Milroy tweeted uh, such an idea to me over Twitter. Yeah, in fact, I read Sean Eric Warren's tweet about it too. And he said that uh, it could be an esports race instead of the Australian Grand Prix. That's a cool idea. It's very opportunistic. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that these guys have sort of, you know, set up an esports race. It's the easiest way to at least entertain all the crowds. Exactly, and it's racing action, and it's just uh, how most of us are used to consuming our favorite sport, you know? Yeah, sitting at home and watching it on television, and that's we what we're going to be doing, right? And I'm in fact told that uh, Max Verstappen and Lando Norris are joining this esports race. And uh, I, just, I just realized if I was Helmut Marko, I would actually get uh, Pierre Gasly and Tani Kivat to join the the esports race as well, right? You know, use it as a platform to test Sean Eric Warren against the existing Toro Rosso drivers. Can That's you an excellent it? idea. And I guess you mean <laughs> Alpha Tauri. No, I mean Toro Rosso, actually. Just the way Lewis Hamilton prefers Force India to Racing Point. I prefer Toro Rosso to Alpha Tauri. Just so many <laughs> name changes. You know, it's like every year there is a new name change that one has to master. It is time. confusing. I'll grant you that. And, but, you know, we're going to have Kimi Raikkonen get onto the radio one of these races and say, get that Toro Rosso out of the way or whatever the F it's called. You know, he's going <laughs> to do that with them. Sooner or later. But uh, Kunal, I actually want to talk about Helmut Marko and Lando Norris since we just spoke about that. I know where you're going. Yes. And, do you know um, the weight of the microphone that you're wearing? <laughs> oh god you know and i'm sure you heard about how helmet marco asked lando norris the weight of his car while assessing him for the red bull junior program. do you know the weight of the microphone you're wearing that's what maybe helmet marco was just tricking lando norris you know like one of those weird b-school interviews where you just need to have an answer you don't need to have the right answer like you know we keep reading in these B-school interviews, you're asked, how many steps did you climb to get to this interview room? And maybe there is no true answer. Maybe Marco was just testing Norris's presence of mind. You know? Maybe, yeah. maybe. <laughs> I was testing yours as well. And you looked just shocked saying, what? <laughs> I was wondering if you were asking me or questioning me. <laughs> I mean, it's the same That's a really thing. strange question, Kunal. It was not a screening question for you to get onto the inside line F1 part. Yeah, thank God. I think I would have blocked <laughs> that one. <laughs> Do you, some, the, do you know the weight of your microphone? Yes, I know. It's 311 grams. I'm just bluffing. That's what presence of mind. That's oh, what you said weight. <laughs> I heard weight. No way. <laughs> I thought you really lost Anyway, it. silly stuff that just adds to the legend of the great Helmut Marko, I'd say. Now, speaking of silly stuff, uh, the FIA finally lifted the ban on changes in helmet design. And this is a rule that actually only hindered Danny Kivat among all the drivers. And it's a rule that will still impact just Danny Kivat among all the drivers. I mean, he'll finally have a custom helmet design for his home race in Russia, if we have one, that is, you know. Fingers crossed. Yes, uh, it's it's crazy, the helmet the, the, the helmet change design ban or whatever rule that was. Hey, by the way, uh, Sebastian Vettel, he's announced that he named his 2020 F1 car Lucilla. So that's the the English pronunciation. And Kunal, I was very excited because it rhymes with my name, Mithila. Well, Lucilla. Mithila. Lucilla. Yeah, okay. Yes. Whatever brings him luck. Are you sure it's not uh, Lucilla? (laughs) Then it doesn't rhyme anymore. So... (laughs) (laughs) I reject that pronunciation. Whatever it is, I just hope it brings him luck. But uh, it's pretty crazy, although that we all have to wait for at least two or three months 
before the first race of 2020. And, you know, like I said, the longest season in the history of the sport has turned into the longest off-season. I somehow like that catchy phrase. It's you very know, so, ironic. Yeah, I thought, why not say it twice? Yeah. Kunal, uh, did you see that graphic where all the existing Formula 1 drivers, uh, they were made into pit crew? And it was like a what-if F1 drivers yes. turned into pit crew, that graphic. Yes, I I did. And in fact, it's also up on our Facebook page for all of those uh, who haven't seen it. Go on to Facebook. We have a lot of time these days. You know, (laughs) just go and search for the Inside Line F1 podcast. Go like the page and you will also see this picture there. But yes, what about the graphic? Yeah, so I was saying, so in that graphic, of course, Kimi Raikkonen was right in the front. He was uh, the Jackman. And there were several others on the tires as well. But what was very interesting was Lance Stroll's role. So he was basically just standing behind the car, you know, diagonally and just looking at the scene. That's it. Why is it that every time you see something like this, you just go like, okay, what's Lance Stroll doing? Let me see. It was just so strange. He was was not in the car. It was like they decided that he can't get anywhere closer to the car, you know, to avoid (laughs) any more damage to the sport. Then that's already happened. Oh, my God. Or maybe it was uh, about his pay grade or something. (laughs) I don't know. But anyway, Kunal, I have a question for you. Given that Lance, given that Lawrence Stroll owns Aston Martin. It's easy to Aston make that mistake, Martin, yes. I know, right? It's so confusing. Given that Lawrence Stroll owns Aston Martin, do you think Lance could actually appear as the next James Bond? Oh God, please do not <laughs> feed such ideas to the Strolls. You know they listen to us every week. I, guys, That's we were exactly just... exactly why it's so tempting. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's hope they skip this part, right? But you're not the only one tracking Lance Stroll. I know he's your driver to track, so to say. And guys, we divide teams and drivers. And as you all know, Kimi Raikkonen is Mithila's. So I told you, if you get Raikkonen, you also have to get Stroll. So. <laughs> There's balance in the universe. In, in the equation, right? So, okay. So in the build-up to the Australian Grand Prix, Lance Stroll took tennis lessons from a former Australian tennis uh, player, Leeton Hewitt, okay? and uh, Yes, I saw the photos and I saw the entire conversation. And I remember thinking to myself, like, if the Strolls had money to spend on hiring, like, you know, a professional Australian sports person, they, former they sports person. They always have money to spend. Yeah, yeah, and I was just like, why the hell would they not hire Mark Webber as Strolls driver coach or something like that? <laughs> like, you know, this guys, is- focus on getting one spot right at a time. <laughs> This is after all the rumors of whether Juan Pablo Montoya was signed on as a driver coach, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, Anish Gohil, he tweeted to me saying that Daddy Lawrence had already paid for tennis lessons and, you know, then basically you visit Australia just once in the year. So you might as well just go through those tennis lessons. True, true. But it might just be twice in 2020. Let's see. Uh, because, you know, the official communication, it says postponed and not cancelled. But I think that's just a legal uh, Probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I love the Albert Park circuit. I'd love for Formula 1 to go back there and you know, actually race this yeah, time yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, up next is a video that I want to talk about. You know, it's the grid entry video that uh, Formula 1 made for the opening round. And uh, this was from the, you know, the the pre-season drivers shoot, the, the image that we saw all... 20 drivers walking almost hand-to-hand across the width of the start-finish straight in Barcelona. So in that video, okay, I found something really interesting. Yeah, I actually saw that video. I saw it on your pre-season TV show for Via Sport. Thank you. Thank yes, you yes, very yes. much. Yes. And in fact, Kunal, I must tell you, you can keep replaying that pre-season <laughs> show, I think for a few more months at least. Well, I really hope it's... It's going to be pre-season till May. <laughs> anyway, that, that video, so that grid Bang entry video. for your buck video. <laughs> 
the racing point of force india part <laughs> the of the video videos <laughs> yes but uh, back to the video all the drivers in that video are you know in their racing gear they're in their jackets and they're having their helmets and caps and so on but there is that one driver who's wearing sunglasses in that video just one driver you see all the drivers go past and you're like ah oh, that's standard standard like whoa there's one driver who has worn sunglasses and that was Kimi Raikkonen i'm not even surprised i'm not surprised at all because he is literally the coolest driver ever but if you know daniel ricardo was to be believed and you know around the australian grand prix we tend to believe a little more of him <laughs> home advantage yeah you know so daniel ricardo said that kimi raikkonen is in the most friendly driver and he said this because apparently uh, you know kimi didn't respond to ricardo's uh, friendly banter time and again or or you know basically kimi didn't give a rat's ass about ricardo's passes on him that's what <laughs> that's it means exactly what makes kimi so cool or i'm guessing that ricardo's banter might have just been too uh, over the top for raikkonen but either way i'm just going to stick to blindly supporting raikkonen come what may i just think it's the cold weather in oslo that just makes you prefer the nordic mannerisms more than ever before maybe yes yeah, so guys on that note thank you so much for tuning in it's been a it's been a tough week and a tough weekend and so on and you guys know what i'm talking about let's hope life settles down let's hope formula 1 settles down and uh, we'll be there through every week trying to help you guys settle down adios adios the ones who know that a little late is always too late and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry and our keep stock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time visit granger.com/keepstock to learn more granger for the ones who get it done